Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Today, I just want to talk about why this is so important, why the Holy Spirit's empowerment in our lives is so important. Next week, we're going to talk about specifics, what the Holy Spirit does, how He works in our life. But today, I just want to convince your heart that we need more Holy Spirit, amen, that we need more Holy Spirit in the church, not in a building. We need more Holy Spirit in the church, and we are the church. We need more Holy Spirit. And so, so I, I know that um, when you come in and, and we talk about these things, sometimes we have a tendency to go, I know some of these things. Listen, I'm asking you to open your heart to what God has for you today. Amen? So I'm an imagery person. And uh, anybody in imagery, you like imagery? And I've, I know I've kind of shared this before but uh, years ago, but I, when I think about the Holy Spirit's uh, work in, in my life, I go back to my first car. Do you guys remember your first car? Anybody out there remember their first car at all? All right. I had these grand ideas of what my first car was going to be. I remember having discussions with my mom and dad. I, I believed that my first car was going to either be a Camaro, okay, or my first car was going to be a big old truck jacked up with lots of power, all right? Those were the two. And I thought that somewhere, I didn't know if I would get those, but I thought we would marry that idea somewhere in the middle, all right? Because mom and dad, they kind of had their ideas. But I thought they heard in my heart. And so I thought somewhere in the middle, I'm going to land with my first car, and it's going to be really really cool. And so I come home one day, and, and I see this setting in the driveway. Can you show that picture, if you would, that first slide, if anybody's back there? There we go. <laughs> and I was, I was, honestly, I saw this set in the driveway, and I was excited. I was like, Mom got a new car. Yeah. Mom, go Mom. You got a new car. You've always wanted a new car. And so I go inside. I'm like, Mom, that's so cool. You got a, you got a new car. I know we've been talking about my car. So, you know, we talked about the Camaro or the, or the truck and, and all of those things. You know, the, the Camaro's got the, the, the speed and the power. The truck's just jacked up. It's raw strength, right? And so I'm like, have you kind of thought about where you're going to marry that? And they said, yeah, this is where we landed that for you right here. <laughs> if you're not familiar with that, that's, that's a Ford Festiva, Okay. And I'm just going to tell you, tell you right now, man, as they began to lay out that this was my first car, this Ford Festiva was my first car, I just remember in my heart going, I will never go to high school again, all right? I was a freshman, I was getting off the bus, I was excited, that's a big deal back in the day, all right? I was excited, you know, and, and uh, I just, I remember, I was, I literally thought it was my mom's car when I, when I pulled up and, and got off the bus and, and, and got into the house, and I remember sitting there and, and thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with that? I thought, no big deal. Hey, look, it's four wheels. It's going to get me around. My, my brothers labeled it, I've told you this before, the love bubble or the bubble of love. Because if I went and picked up a girl like on a date or whatever, they'd be like, you're going to take the love bubble? And I'm like, shut up. Right? It was, that, that was kind of horrible. A little tormented inside from that. All right? And so, but, but I remember this car, the, the, the reason that this car is a fond memory when we talk about this is that this car really didn't have any power behind it, all right? I remember if I would go over 65 miles an hour, sometimes it would just shut off on me, all right? And literally, I had to put it in neutral and restart it and go because it would try to lock up. And it, it was just one of those cars where I dated, this is how I won Christy's heart, by the way. She felt sorry for me. She's like, oh, that's so cute. He needs me, right? And so she lived in Nebraska, so I would be on the interstate, and I was, the vivid memories of this, where to pass somebody on the interstate, I literally had to turn the air conditioner off, roll the windows down, and pray to my heavenly Father, all right? That's how I got around people. 
it, had just, it just didn't have any, any power behind it. And so it got me places. Like I got to where I needed to go. And, and, and there was moments where I, I didn't know if I was going to get there. But overall, I mean, it, it worked for me. It got me around. It was a struggle at times, but it got me around. It was making it just barely is kind of how I felt. Just barely. And then I began to think about this. How many of us feel the same way about our Christian walk? I'm getting around. Like, I'm getting there, but I kind of just, I'm just barely getting there. Like, we're, we're happily married, but just kind of barely, right? Like, we're, 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 we're okay, but just barely. We're financially stable, but just barely. I feel like we live in this just barely. And, and so, so I feel like there's times in our Christian life where we're trying to step on the gas, and we're not going anywhere. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And so when we talk about this spirit-filled life, this is what we're talking about, that when we step on the gas, the way that God has designed us through his Holy Spirit is that we should be going somewhere. Not just barely, but we should be going somewhere. You see, today I want to share with you why the Holy Spirit is so important, and there's, there's problems with this in the life of the church, because I hear and have even experienced this in my own life at times, these feelings like I'm just stuck. Like I'm just stuck in the rut. I'm just stuck in this situation. I just feel like I'm stuck. Whatever it is, I just feel like I'm stuck. And I want to live the life of Christ. I desire to live the life with Christ, but I'm just stuck. Paul puts it like this. Let me show you how Paul puts it. Philippians 3.10 says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. And experience the mighty power, everybody say power, that raised him from the dead. The apostle Paul says two things here. One, I want to know Jesus. I want to know him here. And I want to know him in my heart. I want to know him. But he doesn't stop there, church. He says, I want to know Christ. And I want to experience the power of God in my life. You see, church, I think a lot of us have this desire to know God. We want to know him in our hearts. We want to know him in our minds. But where we stop short is that we stop with that second part and experience the power that raised him from the dead. Church, this is where I feel like God is calling his church forward. This is where he's telling us to step out. Paul is saying, I don't just want a knowledge. I don't just want a knowledge. I want to experience the power. Listen, the most neglected part of God is the Holy Spirit. Amen? The most neglected part of God is the Holy Spirit. And I hear this a lot. I hear this a lot. People share a lot of times with me and they'll say, I just don't know about that whole Holy Spirit thing. I just don't know about it. kind of, the whole Holy Spirit thing gives me the heebie-jeebies. Anybody? Yeah? And, and, and so you're like, I don't know, just it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. And if you see the Holy Spirit as the power of God, church, then what you're saying is the power of God gives you the heebie-jeebies. And you're in the wrong place. We have this identity that when we start thinking about the Holy Spirit and we start talking about spiritual things, there are times in our life where we're going, yeah, you know, I, I love God and I love Jesus, but I'm not super spiritual. You ever heard, heard that? I love God, but I'm not, I'm not super spiritual. I know what we're saying when we say that. I love God, but I'm not super spiritual. And my response is usually, well, um, that's problematic. Because 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is what? 
So if the Lord is the spirit of wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And you're not super spiritual. Church, we got problems. We got some issues. So maybe the reason that we're not walking in freedom, maybe the reason that we're not experiencing the power of God is because we have an issue with the Holy Spirit when we have an issue with being spiritual. Even though the scriptures say in Ephesians 6.12 that our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil. So what he's saying here, church, is that the issue that you have in your life today isn't flesh and bone. You don't have a problem with a person, amen? You don't have a problem with the situation. You don't have a problem with the circumstance. Let me tell you what you have a problem with. The gates of hell want to overcome you today. You don't have a problem with something that's flesh and bone. You don't have a problem with an issue. The gates of hell wants to overcome you today. And so this right here is why we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our life. Because when the gates of hell want to overcome us, and God says, you have overcome the gates of hell. So we better be spiritual people. Amen? So having spiritual issues is an issue. Romans 8, 16, at the very core of it. Listen, at the very core The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You and I can't even know that we belong in the household of God without the Holy Spirit's work in our life. So this is why this is so important. We are setting a foundation. If you came in here today and you're good with God and you're good with Jesus and you think that the Holy Spirit's for a group of people but not necessarily for you, I want to convince you you're missing out on the fullness of him. And I want to convince you that the gates of hell are going to try to come against you, and you need the Spirit's power to overcome them. We, if we were just honest with ourselves, we have lived in a society that has essentially desensitized our mentalities to what spiritual things look like. Because the minute we start talking about spiritual things, all of a sudden some of you guys are going to a ghost movie you just watched. The minute we start talking about spiritual things, somebody's talking about a head that's spinning because you've seen The Exorcist. Amen? I mean, I'm just saying, some, you say spiritual, somebody goes, are you talking about spinning heads? No, I'm not talking about spinning heads, all right? I'm talking about the empowerment of God that comes over us. And so what we've done is we've kind of reduced the Holy Spirit, not to a person, not to characteristics. We've, we've kind of reduced the Holy Spirit to like this mystical force that sometimes pops out, Right? That some, like this mystical or this mist or whatever is going to come on you. Is that what it looks like, right, for a lot of people? And I want to say we've got to debunk that stuff, amen? The person, everybody say person, of the Holy Spirit longs to be in friendship with you. The person, everybody say person, of the Holy Spirit longs an intimate relationship with you. We've got to get rid of this idea that the Spirit's like this floating around entity, and we've got to get into our hearts that the Holy Spirit is an intimate relationship of a person that wants to be with you, which is why Scripture calls him a him, himself. So you can see where some of these errors that we have, that we've been thinking, have caused us some issues. And there's a quote that I read that says this, We have inadvertently rejected the most fulfilling relationship that's available to us. Man, church, listen to me. We have inadvertently, and I say inadvertently because I don't think anybody in here comes in saying, I don't want it necessarily. I think there's a lot of us just don't know if we need it. And so what we do is we sit there and we inadvertently reject the greatest relationship that we can have in life. 
the greatest relationship that we can have in life. How do I know this? Because King David wasn't even around when, when Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit fell. And if you remember when King David was caught up in his sin and adultery and murder and those things, do you remember that he cried out to God and he was crying out to God and he wasn't saying, God, don't take away my kingdom. God, don't take away my jewels. God, don't take away my riches. God, don't take away my wives. King David says, God, take not your Holy Spirit from me. That's the longing of David's heart. He didn't want God to take the Holy Spirit. Why? Because David had an intimate relationship that fulfilled his life with the Spirit of God. Church, this is important for us to hear today. The fullness of God is missed out on because of our lack of understanding of the Holy Spirit. So for us to know where to go with this, I want to start with this relationship of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. How do we have a relationship? We see the relationship that Jesus modeled first. Amen? As believers, before we do anything, we should see how Jesus did it. Right? W, W, what? J-D. What would Jesus do? We see what Jesus would do first. That's how we model the, the life of, of Christ. And so if you look at Jesus' relationship with the Holy Spirit, Luke chapter 4, starting with verse 18, says this. And we talked about this last week. We used this verse. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Jesus is speaking right now. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has. Everybody say he has. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has. Everybody say he has. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Listen to me, church, right here. Jesus is quoting the Old Testament, which was written about him anyways, and Jesus is saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and that's why I'm able to walk in the power that I'm able to walk in. This was the relationship of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The truth is, from the very beginning, Jesus and the Holy Spirit always worked together when Jesus was on earth. Remember what John 15, 9 says? The Son can do nothing by himself. Let me tell you this, church. I'm going to say it again. The Son can do nothing by himself. If Jesus, God himself, needed this partnership with the Holy Spirit to complete his mission, how much more do we need to look to him? How much more? Look at the Holy Spirit as the power of God working out this life inside of you. So for us, what we talked about last week, if our purpose, if our purpose, uh, if the purpose of Christ is still the same, if Christ's purpose on this earth is still the same, that Jesus wants to destroy the works of the devil and that Jesus wants to have reconciliation to this world and he gave us that ministry of reconciliation, which we talked about in 2 Corinthians 5. Remember, we understand our fearf fearful responsibility to the Lord. This is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. If the purpose of Jesus is the same on this earth, he's just given to us, then how much more do we need the Holy Spirit in our life? Infinitely. The goal of Jesus hasn't changed. He simply empowers us to be a part of that goal. So if that's Jesus' relationship with the Holy Spirit, and we're convinced of that, then what about our relationship? What about us and the Holy Spirit? How does that play out? Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 3 through 8, real quickly. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, Jesus appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. I love that. 
And listen to what it says. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. He didn't talk to them about the kingdom of man. He didn't talk to them about what they wanted to talk about, what their plans were, what their jobs were, what their dreams were. He talked to them about the kingdom of God. It was always his focus. God, your kingdom come on earth as it is where? In heaven. It was always the focus of Jesus, so it should be our focus too. Amen? So he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Look at verse 4. And once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. Let me just stop for a minute. Anytime you see something that says that Jesus commanded them, you better circle that thing. Amen? Underline it, circle it, rip it out, whatever. Whatever you got to do. Don't rip it your Bibles. I maybe that's sacrilegious. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But underline that thing. Note it. He commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he has promised as I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to set Israel free? Listen to this, church. Listen to this. Has the time come for you to set Israel free and restore our kingdom? Do you see where they shifted already? They already went to their kingdom. They already went back to what they wanted. They already said, Jesus, has the, has the time came for you to set us free? They still didn't get that there was empowerment in their life. They still thought it was about their circumstances, their situation, their flesh and blood. He said, as the time came for you to set us free and restore our kingdom? And I'm thinking, don't you remember Jesus has been telling you about his kingdom? Listen to what he says. He replied, the Father alone has authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. In other words, stop worrying about that stuff. Stop worrying about that stuff. But you, in this moment, right now, in this time, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth about me. Amen. You're so caught up and you're so worried about the, 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 the circumstances you're in. You're, you're so caught up and you're so worried about flesh and blood things and you're forgetting that it's about my kingdom. And so in this moment, don't worry about that. You will receive power. So whatever does come your way, you'll be able to overcome it. Church, I want you to focus on something here that's key. Sometimes we are so focused on the end times that we lose focus on the time at hand. Amen. Sometimes we're so focused on the end result. Sometimes we're so focused on how it's going to play out. Sometimes we're so focused on how my situation is going to end that we stop looking at the time at hand. And God is moving right now at the time at hand. We've all heard this. Jesus changes the focus. Only God knows that. He says it. Only God knows that. It's not, our, it's not our thing to know. Only God knows that. But you, you, here's what you get. Here's what you get right now in this time. Power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, that's your job. That's what I want you to focus on. We've all heard this saying, there's no better time than the present. There's no better time than the present. This is what Jesus is saying. Live in the now because God is living in the now. Don't worry about that end result. God has empowered you for today. I want you to know why at times it seems like the body of Christ has lost its umph. You ever feel like the body of Christ has lost its umph? You guys know what umph is? It's, it's the power. It's, you're in a Ford Festiva right now, all right? And you were looking for that Camaro, that jacked up truck. You're pushing on that gas pedal, and it's getting you there, but it doesn't just, it doesn't have the umph. And look, if you're a Ford Festiva owner, we love you in here, all right? It's just that we want to upgrade you. 
we, we wonder sometimes where we've lost that umph at in Christianity, in our life with Christ. And here's why. Because we are living trying to figure out when Jesus is going to return rather than remembering that he came already. <laughs> We're looking for Jesus. We're trying to, Jesus, when are you going to return? He goes, I've already been. He's coming back. I promise you that. I'm going to get caught up one day. Amen. But he's already been. And what he came and what he gave us was life, an abundant life. And he showered you with the gift of the Holy Spirit. But we're so caught up right now. And when he's coming back, that we're missing the now. We're missing the now. Wow. We have the opportunity. And if you look at verse 4, that's why he commands them. He says it in a commanding way. He says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he has promised. That command to do not leave is the same command that we have today. Church, it didn't change on us. Too many of us are trying to live out life on our own abilities. Stop. Stay put. Go find your prayer closet. Go crawl in your living room, whatever. Hide out in your car, and you pray for the empowerment of God to come over your life. Before you try to step out and try to take on the gates of hell that are trying to uh, uh, prevail over your life, you stop and you say, Jesus, I know that I can't do it, but I know you did it. And so I'm asking you to come in and you to fill me up. There's a warning that we miss at times with this command, Jesus is saying, you will not fulfill that great commission of making disciples. You will not start your ministry. Don't try it. Don't leave. Stay until you receive the empowerment that you need. And I think sometimes what we do is we find relationship with Jesus, and that's the start. And what we do is we find relationship with Jesus, and then we run, and we run straight into a brick wall. And we wonder why. And what we forgot was to stay there until the empowerment of the Holy Spirit came over us. I'm telling you, church, right now that I believe that if Jesus were here today and he sat among us, I mean physically, I know he's here, but I'm saying if he sat among us today, he would tell us the same thing. Don't leave till you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I say this in joy, church. I don't say this in frustration. I say this because once you've seen the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, nothing else is going to satisfy. You can come to church, and we say this all the time, but you can come to church and we can give you self-help. We can give you self-help how to better your marriage, how to better your finances. We can give you self-help how to get out of this or how to get out of that. But here's the problem with self-help. You'll always find yourself back in the same situation down the road. You'll always find yourself in the, I've got marriage issues, can you help me with my marriage issues? That's all I want is just I want self-help. And then a year later, months later, I'm back in the same situation. I'm back in the same situation. Look, that's how Christy and I, we've the same thing. There's nothing different. Until this happens, until the empowerment of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is why this is the greatest message for the church today. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and he changes your life and you're no longer living for yourself. And it's not about self-help issues. It's about the kingdom of God. Then he's going to help your marriage. Then he's going to help your finances. Then he's going to help your issues. Why? Because my eyes are no longer on those things. They're on the things of God. Not on my selfishness, not on my pride, not on if my wife is doing for me so that I can do for her. He's filling our life with something different. That's why I say, I say this in joy, not frustration, because it's the greatest joy that we can hear today in the church. 
And what I love about the book of Acts is that leaders and people, all their leaders and all their people depended on, they interacted with, and they spoke with the Holy Spirit. He was vital to their lives. And what is clear today, church, is that this is not necessarily how the church is operating today. We're not operating this way. We're talking about God the Father, and we're talking about Jesus the Son, but we're leaving out the Holy Spirit because we don't want to give anybody the heebie-jeebies. Well, I want to give you heebie-jeebies. I want you to know the power of God in your life. 98% of church folks are trying to live godly in their own ability. And you ask me, where did you get 98%? I just made it up. But that's how I feel. We're walking, and God is empowering, and he wants to empower more. And we're rejecting the greatest relationship that we could ever know. And it will never pan out. And I remember sharing this quote years ago, but Christianity without the Holy Spirit is simply religion. It just is. It's just simply trying to follow the rules so that you can get in God's good graces. And if we are living out God's purposes to destroy the works of the devil and to reconcile the world back to God, then we have to rethink our strategy not based on performance. We have to rethink our strategy not based on performance or perfectionism. We have to rethink our strategy that's based on presence and power of the Holy Spirit. That's why 1 John 4, 4 tells us, greater is he who is in me. Listen, greater is he who is in me. Greater is he who is in me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is what? In the world. And somebody needs to receive that today. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And we know this because Jesus says in John 17, 18, just as you sent me, God, into this world, so I am sending them. And so if Jesus partnered with the Holy Spirit, I promise you he wants that same partnership with us. So the Holy Spirit in church is God's free gift of empowerment that gives us the ability to go beyond our natural ability. There's a quote that I read out of a book called Holy Spirit, and it's, it, is an abno- it is abnormal for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible. L- listen, I'm going to say It is abnormal for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible. It has been written into our spiritual DNA for the impossibilities, to hunger for the impossibilities. For the spirit-filled life, we have to walk in those ways of knowing that God wants to do the impossible. So real quickly, our lack of understanding, the Holy Spirit is a big deal. Our lack of of understanding the Holy Spirit is a big deal, and I'll share it real quickly with why I believe this to be true. I was reading in the book of Hosea, Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, verse six Hosea says something profound. He's a prophet of the Lord, and he's speaking, he says this, my people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge because they don't know me. My people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge because they don't know me. You, you, and, and, I, and I believe that as I was reading this, God was giving me a revelation of going, we know God the Father, we know God the Son, but the empowerment of God over our life, we don't know. Or we're avoiding it, or we're afraid of it, or we don't know what it looks like. And so Hosea's not speaking to all the people in this particular section. Let me give you a background. He's speaking to the priests and the leading leaders that are teaching the people. And he's telling them, I'm calling you out, pastors, and I'm calling you out, leaders, because you focus on self-help, because you focus on every other area, but you don't focus on the empowerment of God. That's why I'm so passionate for this. 
We have to understand that God is working. And so lastly, I just share this last story with you. Band, you guys can come on up. I shared this years ago. I, I, I read a book called Holy Spirit by John Bevere, and he shared this, this story years ago. And it still, man, it still rings so true in, in my heart about what this looks like. John Bevere tells a story years ago, and, and, and he made, it's a kind of a made-up, but it shows the empowerment of God. And he, he talks about a Range Rover in a, tri- a remote tribe out in the jungle. And here's what he says. Of, there's a tribe out in the jungles, a remote area, and, and they have to walk miles and miles and miles to go and hunt their food. And in these miles and miles and miles, they're always striving, and they kill their game, and it takes them miles and miles to walk back, and they've got to go through elements and difficult hardships, and wild animals are always trying to get them, and they've got to go miles and miles and miles to get water. And when they get that water, they've got to walk miles and miles and miles to get it back. And so this missionary comes in, and he says, man, these people are striving They're just trying to make it. They're not thriving. They're just trying to make it. And so this missionary says, I'm going to get them a Range Rover. I'm I'm going to get them one of those really nice fancy Range Rovers so they don't have to walk anymore. So he gets it for them and he parks it outside of their village and he invites the chief and the leading priests. He says, come check out. I've got this Range Rover for you guys. And so they climb in and the chief gets in and, and he starts it up and he turns on the air conditioner and blowing on the chief and the chief is like, yes, this is so good, it's so hot outside. And he turns on the music and the chief is just blown away. I've never heard music before. And he puts on, on the DVD player a video and the chief is just enamored. I've never seen a movie before. And the chief just feels like his heart is fulfilled. And they shut the car off and they get out and the missionary bids them farewell. Well, the chief says, he says to him, he goes, how much does it cost me? And the missionary says, no, 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 it's a free gift. We're giving it to you to better your life. And so the missionaries, they leave and they come back months later and they see that the car's never moved. It's never moved. And and they see that the, the people are still walking miles and miles and miles to get their food and miles and miles to get back and miles and miles to get water and miles and miles to get back. And they're just dumbfounded. Why are they doing this? It's so difficult in their life. And as the missionary sits down and he starts asking the chief, why are you not using the vehicle? He realizes that out of all the dials and the functions and the cool things that that Range Rover had to offer, they neglected the chief primary function of that Range Rover, and that was that it was for transportation to go. And he says this, for you and I today, I believe this is a message for us. We've heard about all the functions of Christianity, how yes, there's eternal life someday, how yes, the things of God give us some peace at times in our life, but we have neglected to tell the primary function of receiving the grace of God is for his empowerment in the Holy Spirit to live the abundant life, the John 10:10 life right here and right now. So we can know all the dials, and we can have the air conditioner, and we can have the DVD player, and we can have the radio, but if we're not going anywhere, what does it do for our life? And I think there's a lot of us in here that feel that way. We are striving. We are striving. And God says it's time to be empowered to start driving. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.